Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from September 3rd, 2021 with your host, Nate Lauks. Nate's guest today is Randy Novak, the LaPorte County Council President. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Lauks. Hello, friends. My name is Nate Lauks, and you're listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. In the studio with me today is LaPorte County Council President Randy Novak. If you have a question for Mr. Novak, call or text the Liquor Vault on air line at 219-362-0522 or email me, soundoff at 967theeagle.com. But first... It's time for On This Day in History. It was on this day in 1783 that the American Revolution officially came to an end when representatives of the United States, Great Britain, Spain, and France signed the Treaty of Paris. Britain acknowledged the United States, which was New Hampshire, Massachusetts Bay, Rhode Island and Providence Plantations, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, to be free, sovereign, and independent states, and that the British crown and all its heirs and successors relinquish claims to the government, property, and territorial rights of the same in every part thereof. The treaty also set the boundaries between the British Empire and North America and the United States of America. Britain formally recognized the independence of its 13 American colonies and the new boundaries, Florida to the uh, north to the Great Lakes and the Atlantic coast west to the Mississippi River. One interesting aspect of the negotiations is that Benjamin Franklin, a key negotiator for their new American states, demanded demanded that Britain hand over Canada to the United States. This did not pass as some negotiations don't work out. And as our guest will say, politics is all a compromise. But America did gain enough new territory south of the Canadian border to double its size. The Treaty of Paris was ratified by the Continental Congress on January 14, 1784, and was a major moment in defining and determining the future of these United States. And that, my friends, is on this day in history. Joining me on today's show is LaPorte County Council President Randy Novak. If you have a question for Mr. Novak, call or text the Liquor Vault on airline at 219-362-0522 or email soundoff at 967theagle.com. President Novak, how are you, sir? Very good, thank you. How is your week? You know, it's been a great, great week. The weather's better. It's not as humid. So, so everything is good. You, you are <clears throat> one of our uh, leading people for COVID in that you run our weekly meeting. We have a nonprofit meeting where nonprofits come. The um, schools, the governmental leaders, all are in this meeting, and you lead this meeting. So you often have a, a kind of a, a, a broad view of what's happening what is happening with COVID in LaPorte County right now? So at yesterday's meeting, and, and we have the health department, the hospitals, um, health care foundation, everybody's on there. Um, and Nate Lauks. And Nate Lauks. Yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. Um, I tried it. But he, uh, so the thing that's going on right now is the county's in the orange. So the, the number of positive uh, cases in the county are up. Um, the health department is currently working to try and get a testing site over into Laporte again, similar to what they had at the uh, auditorium, mm -hmm. uh, but it will not be the same vendor. Um, but in the meantime, HealthLink does provide testing in Laporte. Uh, so there is a site that you can go there uh, and get that done. In Michigan City, the health department is over on 8th Street. They do testing. Um, Michigan City Hospital uh, Franciscan is looking at opening their testing drive through again. Um, so there's a lot of things happening. Uh, the numbers are, have been pretty consistent with 
about, um, I'd say, 40 just into the 50s people positive per day. So our numbers are up. We get those numbers every day. Um, and then they also report deaths. I think we had a, um, a couple in the last. We haven't had that many, thank God. Um, but Laporte, uh, Michigan City Franciscan Health reported that they're currently on a diversion, which means the hospital's completely full. So if you go there with a health issue and you need a bed, they're going to transport you to another hospital. You're not going to stay there. They have, um, I think it was somewhere between 13 to 15 um, COVID patients in-house. The same thing with Laporte um, Northwest Hospital. Um, so it's, it's bad. But there's also a lot of, the hospital isn't just filled with COVID patients. I mean, they're kind of overloaded right now with a lot of health issues. So, Yeah, there's a lot of, um, from what I understand, too. You know, as people are, are not wearing masks as much, and if you've been vaccinated, these kind of things, uh, there's a lot of other illnesses going on. People are catching illnesses. People are getting right. colds and flus. There's things that they didn't have before. So obviously, right. which always makes it interesting when you get sick and you're wondering, is this is this the plague or not, right? Right. And um, Mayor Dermody announced yesterday that um, starting, I don't know if it was effective immediately, but their last council meeting, all city employees that are not vaccinated have to wear mask and be tested weekly so um is the county talking about something like that or no that is a commissioner's thing so the the state took it out of the health department's hands so to speak um but the county would be the one the commissioners would be the one to oversee that so they were on the meeting they've got the information so i i don't know that they're going to be making any changes but yeah, and and again, I, I'll 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 say this because I know I'll probably get a text from Mayor Dermody if I don't. It is not mandating vaccines, but it is if you're not vaccinated, you do need to wear a mask and get tested regularly. Correct, correct, correct. correct. Whether you're at work or in a city vehicle. Okay. So, um, and the other thing I would just want to say is, you know, there are so many moving parts to this whole COVID thing and keeping everybody healthy and. And there's a lot of people out there that'll throw criticism out there and stuff, whether it's regarding, you know, what the county's doing, what the cities are doing, what the schools are doing. And they got to understand these are moving parts and everybody's trying to do what's best because you you got pressure from both sides. You not only, you know, you want to keep everybody safe, but you also want to keep everything moving and working as much as possible. So it's a huge balancing act. So until you put yourself in those shoes be be courteous and and just respectful and and people are trying to do their best i i we've been doing that call almost every thursday for since april of this last year it's been over a year so um, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think people fully sometimes realize what, what it is for a leader to make these decisions to say, okay, we're, we're not going to mask or we're not going to do these things, yet knowing that potentially somebody could get sick and die as different schools and organizations have had employees that have gotten sick at work or something like that die. And it does weigh heavily on a leader to say, what is the right decision? Obviously, I can speak, I think, authoritative, uh, authoritative, authoritatively for most people to say, yeah, most of us are tired of masking, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us are tired Absolutely. of all of it. But there's also the reality that I know my wife's an ICU nurse. There's a lot of doctors that I talk, speak with, and this isn't over yet. So Absolutely. And, you know, and the thing is, is you might not be afraid of catching it. I mean, because, you know, different people react differently to it. But if you've got it and you give it to a loved one, you give it to a, a parent.
parent that's at home or a sick relative or or somebody that has a weakened immune system and they die for, i mean we, we just need to get it under control and mm-hmm. um so it's it's a balancing act so we've got randy novak council president the port county council president on the show today if you have a question for mr novak call or text the liquor vault on airline at 219-362-0522 or email me at sound off at 967theeagle.com so filling the headlines lately has been talk of the drawbridge in michigan city it's an interesting project and we tried to explain to our listeners a little bit of why this project makes it is a little more difficult than typical projects because there's also so many other key stakeholders in the drawbridge right you've got the city of michigan city that's very interested in what's going on though they don't own the drawbridge right correct You've got the Coast Guard that's going to want to dictate some of what happens and have a, a voice in some of that as well, you know? I wouldn't say some of that. They dictate <laughs> a lot of it because it's a navigable, say that three times, waterway, and they're the ones that actually, that's what makes it yep. have and, to and function. And it's a historic bridge, so you've Correct. got these other things going on. But the county then is the the entity that has to pay for it though so and and i don't know if people fully realize this that sometimes in government you have different entities that get to make decisions but only one entity that has to pay for it and this is kind of one of those things so take us through for our listeners that have been trying to follow this i think now um the bridge the drawbridge has a an agreement that it will get at least fixed somewhat to get workable again but it's not an agreement that's going to fix the bridge permanently correct correct the the plan was is is somewhat of a five-year plan and this first phase was a a 1.5 million dollars and it's to replace some some parts in there and being a historical bridge the if we have to replace a gear or we have to replace bolts and mechanisms those have to be forged they have to be manufactured exactly the way they are so you can't go there's no store you don't buy them offline you know they have to be manufactured handmade and and put in there so the bridge has to stay historically intact um so that is the big big thing that makes that bridge so expensive um, to, to replace that bridge, you're talking anywhere from 40 to $60 million to replace the entire bridge. And getting more expensive all the time. For sure, it, you know. All the time. And so we utilize um, the contractor that we have. He, they've been working on the bridge for 40-some years. They, they, they select items to fix, and we've got kind of a five-year plan. And we think that that's going to buy us quite a bit of time. And you got to understand, it, when it, it's going to cost you forty to sixty million dollars. We don't have that kind of money, so that we got to require federal funds, everything else. That takes. It probably will never happen in our lifetime that that bridge gets replaced. Obviously, at some point, something major has to happen with that bridge. There's. We had a study done. You know, I got a, a message the other day said, "Hey, just put in an overpass, like in Laporte." Mm-hmm wouldn't be orange uh mayor dermody um just saying um but the reality of that is it would it would take such a long approach and such a a long d whatever you call it coming down in the park it's not feasible i mean because you're really restricted there so we've looked at that um so fixing it is the best option right now and so it's actually cheaper to spend the money to fix it do some scheduled maintenance on it as we're doing 
and getting those things fixed and it's buying us time can we talk real quick i hope this doesn't you know too too much but uh, a little bit about the controversy about the no big contract because like you said you have a company that's been working on this bridge for for years and years they know the bridge really well Mm -hmm. and so there was an agreement to go because this bridge needs fixed right you need people getting over this bridge you need these things and so from what i understand the county decided between the commissioners and the council um bipartisan from the council to agree that Let's just go with this company to fix these problems right now um, without putting it out to bid because there is some kind of emergency nature to this. Um, so why did you make that decision? So so it, it's, we didn't declare it an emergency, just, just mm-hmm. for clarification. If it was broke, we would declare it an emergency. And then we could, we could move forward with it like that. We believe that it was a, a specialty purchase. So in other words, the bridge is so unique and the contractor is so unique that it would be it would be more um, waste of money and a more it would cost the county taxpayer so much more money if we were to start the bid process and go out for bids because we would have to engineer every nut and bolt in there, which would be somewhere between two to four million dollars to have that entire bridge completely. Um, design to, so they would have to engineer every little piece of that and put it in paper in a document and then you would have to go out for bids and then you'd have people come in that never you've been on the bridge never seen the bridge and it would just the cost would be in the time probably as well right well not to mention the time that would be a two-year process so that would kick the ball two years down the road with getting nothing so all right well we're going to go to break real quick um we're going to get your calls as soon as we get back we got some texts coming in we've got randy novak the laporte county council president on the show today you're welcome to call or text the liquor vault on airline at 209-362-0522 or email me at sound off at 967theeagle.com hey stay where you're at we'll be right back here on 967 the eagle Welcome back, friends. My name is Nate Locks, and you're listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Glad to have you here in the studio with me today is LaPorte County Council President Randy Novak. If you have a question for Mr. Novak, call or text the Liquor Vault on air line at 209-362-0522 or email soundoff at 967theeagle.com. Let's get to our first caller. Hello, you're on Sound Off. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Council President Novak? Mr. Novak, sir, how are you? Good, and you? Good, good. Hey, so I have kind of a twofer question here. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, number one, I think one of the issues that I am faced talking to people about every day with COVID is, and I'm asking you because this is probably questions and reasons people have objections or issues with the uh, vaccine. If you don't get the vaccine, you can catch it and get sick and spread it. If you do have the vaccine, you can catch it, spread it, and get sick. The only upside to it, and this is, you know, the the odds are you're probably going to have less issues with it if you catch it, if you have the vaccine. Again, that's with no knowledge of human trials on the vaccine. And secondly, um, you know, the, the, the death rate of people below 60 in the entire country is like half a percent. So... My question is, maybe maybe that's something that these guys are having issues with when people are pushing people to get the vaccines. Maybe people are like, I'd rather take my chance without it for the simple fact that I'm not affecting someone else who doesn't have it because I'm the one going to be suffering from it. And and since the death rate is half a percent or seven, you know three-quarters of a percent nationwide, anybody under the age of 40 is probably going to do reasonable with it if they don't have 
issues. Now, if they have medical issues, I can understand that maybe you have a better chance you should get it. But I'm just throwing that out there because I get asked this all the time. The questions are, what the heck's the point in taking it if you can catch it and spread it? All right, yeah, go ahead. The the second question, real quick, and I'll let you go, is about the bridge. I mean, I understand where we're at contractually with maintaining the bridge, but who is overall using that bridge? Uh, I mean, if we're talking, you know, the the Coast Guard or whatever there, but, I mean, it seems to me that the boats that go underneath that are a lot of yachts and sailboats and personally owned craft. Is that true or not? Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. So I'll take the easy one first. Yes, there are a lot of boats that go underneath that bridge, and there are some big boats that go underneath that bridge. Um, The county owns majority of all the bridges in the county except for some highway bridges that go over major um that state or federal government owns correct um we own all the bridges so there's 200 and some bridges in the county i think there's six major bridges which span more than 200 feet and we have one special bridge and that's the franklin street bridge so um we're required to maintain that bridge and we can the the boats go underneath it but the traffic goes over it and and we're required by the federal government to maintain that because it's a navigable waterway period the next item on the vaccine vaccines i'm in no way shape or form an expert on vaccines or you know i'm I'm not the medical person that you haven't been vaccinated though correct i have three times so um because of my health issues i've i've gotten vaccinated i will tell you this i do not believe the information that you just mentioned is accurate based on the information i get from the health care officials and everyone else that um it's no different why should you get vaccinated i guess the thing is is as i stated before you might be strong and you might feel confident that you could do it you would get vaccinated so you don't give it to somebody else that you care about or even somebody you don't care about and they would get sick and they would die so it's not just this isn't about me personally it's about us collectively so that's what we have to look at when it comes to the vaccines um i would really challenge all the the numbers and everything that you just gave because they they they're not the right. same numbers that i've heard all right here's a question that kind of goes along with that that we received from the text line how does the county feel about the city getting an overpass on tipton street which then the county would be responsible for well i I, we haven't had that conversation that yeah, it hasn't we're going to. I don't gonna, think it's come to you yet, right? right? It yeah. hasn't even come to us that we're going to be taking responsibility for that. So, all right, let's get to another caller before break. Hello, you're on Sound Off. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. What's your thought? Uh, what's your question for Councilperson Novak? Well, first off, I want to say hello to both of you, Nate and um, Randy. Can I call you Randy? Absolutely. Okay, my name's Debbie Moss, and I've been listening to this problem in the county council for a while now it's like everywhere you go people are making jokes about the way people get along my question is i understand the sheriff not wanting to get involved and you're considering private security to monitor things but have you ever thought about having a citizen's arrest done and maybe a few of us ought to step up and go to a meeting or have you even thought about impeaching mr stable since my grandma used to say the horse who does the most kicking does the least work all right thank you so much for calling that's it by the way you better steal that saying wow you know you and i need to talk more uh, we need to become friends, but just just for the record, there's um, 
I've, I've really prided myself. I've been president. This is the fourth year that I've been president of the council, and I appreciate the fellow council members that feel as though I run a good meeting. But the purpose of the council meeting is to is to do the business of the council, to appropriate money and to do things that we need to do. Um, the the disruptions are not they they don't help anything. So that's why I try to keep everything on track, try to keep it focused. Um, as far as the sheriff, um, I I regret that things got as bad as they did at the council meeting. Trust me when I tell you that is not what anybody wants. And hopefully, um, I've, I've, Mr. Stabos and myself sat down together after that for about an hour, had a talk. Hopefully, everything's going to be better. Um, I'm all about making it work. This isn't about blaming people for anything. Uh, we need to make it better. And the the it has not come across my desk that we're even considering a private security thing. So, but thank you. All right. Well, we're going to take one break, our last break of the the show, and get back to your calls. We've got Council Person, Council President, rather, Randy Novak on the show today. Uh, if you want to call or text us, it's 219-362-0522. We've got some texts and calls we got to get to when we get back, but keep keep it right here on 9670. Welcome back, friends. We've got Council Person Novak, Randy Novak, on the show today. Here's a real quick one before I get to this call. Um, Mr. Novak, will you please ask the health, health department to put a date on all their notices? It makes it easier to keep track of the latest notice. Thank you. Can you, can you send Absolutely. that message on? All right, Absolutely. Great. I'll call right after we're done here. All right. Can, uh, let's get to another call. Hello, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Councilperson Novak? Well, it's not so much a question as a comment today. Sure. Uh, listening to these meetings any longer, uh, I think Mr. Stables, and I'm not a fan of his, but I'm glad someone like him and Mr. Haney are standing up for the citizens' wallets, and the people cannot call downstate enough. I've called, I've had other people call, continue to call folks, they're taking notice of this up here, that State Board of Accounts, Public Access Counselor, and the DLGF, they're taking notice of these things going on up here, and so far, the only one threatening anybody, out of order, out of line, or anything else, is Mr. Novak, Mr. Mazinski, and Friedman. Thank you. Excuse me, Who? I, I did not threaten anyone when I... Here's the thing. You cannot disrupt a meeting, a public meeting. That's my only thing. I have I have not threatened Mr. Stables with anything other than when I'm speaking, you don't speak. When you want to speak, we'll give you a turn to speak. That's the only thing that I've ever asked of Mr. Stables. And I ask that of every member of the council and the public at our meetings is we take turns. We don't speak over each other. We don't blurt things out. So you're absolutely incorrect at putting me in there that I have made any kind of threats against Mr. Stables. I get along great with Mr. Stables, and the only thing that I want to do is run a meeting. That's it. So, All right. Here's a comment we received online here. We've got Councilperson Randy Novak on the show. Hello, Councilman Novak. I noticed that there is some development taking place in a large field between the north side of the LaPorte Toll Road entrance and County Road 450 North. It looks like there's... Uh, there are a subdivision roads being cut in there or something. What what is? Do you know anything that's happening there? Is that out here on thirty nine? Is that? Uh, it looks like uh, toll road entrance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe that's a, um, a housing development that's going in there. It's for about forty some units, uh, but it's residential. It's all, right. all residential. All right, let's yes. get to another call. 
Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for calling. You're on Sound Off today with Councilperson Novak. What's your question? Yes, I'm calling in regards to the bridge project also. Um, this individual who is bidding this, this Marquis Electric, uh, they have over the years probably uh, taken in probably well over maybe a million, two million dollars. And evidently it doesn't, it's not working. So why would you not have somebody come in and do another bid? Uh, you could have had this bid done before because you knew what it was that, that you were having a problem with this thing, and you made a statement here on, on this program that well you can't do it because you'd have to hire an engineer to do a, a study which would take two years. They have to do every nut and bolt in the thing. Did Marquis Electric do every nut and bolt in there and make a bid? If I were the one, if I had a company like uh, Marquis Electric bidding on this, and I'm the only one bidding. You don't think that I would jack the bid up a little bit more because I know I'm going to get the bid. That's the purpose of bidding process. There's there's no uh, emergency situation here. There's all kinds of ways to get into Long Beach, Sheraton uh, Beach, uh, the park without that bridge. So what the the individual from the state board of accounts said was this does not qualify as such uh, to be bid this way. It has to be bid uh, according to Indiana Public Works law. Now, you're telling Stables, yeah, you're going to have to have to go pay for this thing, you know, because we passed this. It's like me sitting in a car, and I tell you to go in and rob the bank. You get caught, and he come, comes out, and they arrest that guy, and he says, well, yeah, the guy in the car told me to go in. I would be safe. Yeah. Stables is the one that's going to suffer for this situation. All right. Not you, not the board. You cannot pass something to overrule law, you know, and you should know what the purpose of an auditor is. An auditor is there not just to record the items. Like all right, we we have we do have more questions to get to. So uh, go ahead, Councilman so, Ro- Novak. So so to start on this, first of all, the the bridge to bid it out because Marquis Electric has been working on it for forty two years. The bridge is eighty five years old. It is constantly since we have never replaced the bridge. It is still 85 years old. If you had an 85-year-old car, you'd be constantly fixing things. Unfortunately, when you fix these things, it costs a lot of money. So we are—we actually, and I know it's hard to imagine, but we're saving money by having Marquis Electric do this work. And they've been very responsive, and we're holding them to it. And and the process, as far as the process goes... We would have to bid it because people aren't going to come in and bid it unless they know exactly what's there and what has to be done. So we would have to create that scope of work. And trust me when I'm telling you, this comes from the experts that it would take a two-year process. It would all have to be engineered. It would all have to be done. This isn't me saying this. This is the experts saying this. This isn't me. As far as bidding it out, commissioners bid it. The council appropriates the money, period. We don't have anything to do with signing contracts, anything like that. The as far as us telling the auditor to pay the bills, the way government in Laporte County works is the commissioners sign the contracts, they pass the projects, the council funds it, and the auditor pays the bills. That's it. So no one is, we took the pressure off him. He has no liability to pay the bills the way that we're doing this project. The State Board of Accounts, it's not a law. It's a it's a code. Codes every day, the every month, the Board of Zoning Appeals makes a, a variance to building codes, which are codes. The same codes that 
say that you should bid this, you should do it this way. So there's an exception to all kinds of things in government. We believe this to be the best one, and we're not dumping this all on the auditor. We're trying to help the auditor with this. So, And I, I believe, if, if I remember right, because I've been trying to follow this story, not only do you have the commissioner attorney, but you also have the council attorney and the previous council attorney, Doug Beegee, also saying the same thing, correct? It is right. not, uh, you know, outside of the law to do this. Correct. correct. And, and, you know, if you don't live in Laporte, if you don't live in Michigan City and utilize that bridge all the time, it doesn't have the same meaning as the people that are in Michigan City that use that bridge. I mean, so to say that it's not it's not a high priority and we can take the time to do it, uh, you, I think you're drastically mistaken and you need to talk to more people in Michigan City. So, All right. Well, I want to thank so much for you listening to the show, for being on the show. We've got all kinds of different things coming up. We've got uh, Michigan City Councilperson Bryant Dabney on the show coming up. We've got Mayor Dermody coming up again as well. I'm going to give our guest today the final word. What do you want to say? So out at the, the fairgrounds, i, I got to give a little bit of plug. We have a tractor pull this weekend on Sunday. Uh, the beer gardens open on um, at 3 p.m., beer gardens and food vendors, tractor pulls at 6 p.m. That's going on out there. There's a fall fest at the fairgrounds September 11th, 8.30 to 3.30. Uh, no admittance charge. Um, anything on wheels, cruise, and a 20th annual draft horse um, uh, event out there in the artisan um, vendors. So um, there's a lot of good things going on. And um, trust me, you know, it, it's like I said before, you know, it's easy to criticize people when you know, you're just sitting back and doing things. But, I mean, it, there's a lot of tough decisions that have to be made, and we I'm trying to make the best decisions we can. And if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Uh, my cell phone number is 219-877-7069, and my email is rnovak at laportecounty.in.gov. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's hey, always no, a joy to you. have you here with us today. Thanks so much for listening. I want to thank Dennis Sedell for producing today's episode. Thank Jeff Woogazer for editing today's episode. We will be back again here on Monday. Keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off Podcast at 96.7theeagle.com.